Hello sacred souls and welcome to My Sacred Return, the podcast. I'm Liz and I created this space to help you connect with experiences that let you know you're understood. Whether you're struggling to juggle the weights of the world, feel like childhood wounds are still holding you back or just want to peek into the life of someone doing the work, I'm pretty sure that I have something for you here. So let's talk. Hello my sacred souls and welcome back to another episode of My Sacred Return the podcast. For those who are new here, welcome, I'm Liz and if you're returning, thank you so much for being here again. Before I get into it, I did just want to ask if you are someone who listens to the podcast regularly, please pause or well, you can keep it playing but please go and just leave a five star review, whether it's a few words, whether you just tap the stars, it will really help push this podcast out to reach more people and for all of the listeners who message me which I value and appreciate so much yeah we can have a few more a few more likes so that other people can also find it so this week getting straight into it this week we're going to be speaking about covert incest now for those of you who follow me on instagram you may have found my page through me sharing some things about covert incest on my sacred return and I wanted us to get into it but I wanted us to understand things like enmeshment first so that we can differentiate between enmeshment at its basic level and then when it turns even worse and goes into the form of covert incest so if you don't know anything about enmeshment and you haven't heard any of those episodes I have an episode on enmeshment and I also have an episode on how it affects romantic relationships when the child becomes an adult so check those out but this episode now we're going to get into what covert incest is on an introductory level I don't want it to be too heavy or overwhelming because covert incest itself is very much um, overwhelming however even in its lightest form if you find that any of this resonates it may be quite deep for you and hit at a core point so please take your time digesting if anything I'm saying in this episode hits you at a point and it feels too much please pause the episode either come back to it at a later date or maybe stop listening until you feel like you've digested Um, and if you do listen to the full episode and you feel like it's starting to give you answers and it feels like there's so much please take your time in going to learn more about it I will release more episodes and I will release more content going into depth but take your time with it when you find these answers it makes you kind of want to rush and I experienced that for myself in this rush of trying to digest all of this information but because the whole thing is so heavy it can be quite a lot and it can be overwhelming and overstimulating so just take your time and I hope that the pace that I share this introductory information with you is at ease and it doesn't cause you any um dysregulation. So starting off, what is covert incest? Okay, so covert incest is a form of abuse and the term was coined by Kenneth Adams, who I will speak about again in this 
um, episode. He originated the term in the 80s and it basically means when a parent relies on their child for emotional support like enmeshment but goes to the further extremes of treating their child like a surrogate spouse and relying on the child for the type of intimacy that they would get from a romantic partner minus the overt sexual acts. Now the word incest itself can be quite triggering and it can put people off from learning about what covert incest is because they may think it has nothing to do with them because there was no direct physical sexual contact between their parent and themselves. But the difference between covert and overt incest is that overt incest includes the physical sexual acts as well as the rest of the intimacy and unhealthy bonding between a parent and a child that would happen in a romantic relationship and covert incest is the emotional side without the physical sexual acts however the effects of covert incest can actually mimic the effects of overt incest in children and adults as they grow up in some severe cases of covert incest the mirroring can be almost identical but usually it is to a lesser degree so someone who has had their child their child sorry who has had their parent physically sexually assault them as well as the rest of the emotional enmeshed incestuous relationship they would experience the after effects at a much more extreme and intense level however both covert incest victims and overt incest victims can experience debilitating effects of the abuse that they carry with them later into life and before we get into the effects and what exactly they are I wanted to talk to you about the types of covert incest parents. Okay so in a healthy family dynamic The parents have an intimacy bond between themselves and that creates a foundation for the child then to be nurtured and supported by the parents. In a covert incest dynamic, one parent, the invasive parent, which is what we call them, has a relationship and an intimacy bond between themselves and the child where the child meets all of their needs and the invasive parent doesn't actually meet the child's need in return but whilst they do this they create a disconnect between the distant parent and so the child doesn't have that natural bond between their other parent and neither does the parent who is invasive um so to say that in more specific terms for example say mom is the covert incestuous parent then mom and son for example have a relationship between themselves and dad is left out son doesn't really speak to dad much and mom and dad don't have a great relationship and this is the kind of dynamic now as well as an invasive parent and a distant parent one of those parents would also be seen as the shadow parent which is someone who is quite passive and you will see this in dynamics where by the way both either or parent could be the passive shadow parent but you can see this in dynamics where one parent say for example is a workaholic and so they're not around much and the other parent who's maybe staying at home with the children has this bond with a specific child where 
their intimacy boundaries are not in place and so they are forming a covert incest relationship whilst the other parent is really kind of none the wiser and is not invested enough to actually build that relationship with their child they're just passive to it because work maybe is their focus and then when they come home they aren't really paying much attention because they want to rest and so this is kind of an example of in some family dynamics one parent is not really paying attention to what is happening with the child which is also a form of neglect because the child is actually being abused but oftentimes we don't actually see it as abuse or understand it as abuse and even becoming adults and finding these terms it can still be hard to identify and call it what it is because the parent maybe has done good things for you or it just feels like a betrayal to call your parent abusive. A big factor for covert incest parents is substance abuse. You will find in dynamics where one parent abuses a substance and the other parent does not, that the parent who does not leans on their child more for intimacy because they can't get it from their partner because they are addicted to a substance. Because the substance is getting in the way of their relationship, that is when the other parent seeks to build a relationship with their child that fulfills the needs that the other parent is not fulfilling. And sometimes in these cases, if the parent does say, come off the substance for a while, then you will see that parent abandon the child emotionally and go back to the parent. But then if they get back on the substance, they'll go back. So it's like a yo-yo where they're tugging and pulling with the child's emotions, which is one thing that also leads to children feeling out of place, feeling very used because there's this dynamic of like giving all of this intimacy that's too much and then pulling it away. So we'll go into the effects more later in the episode because that leads into that. But that is a type of, um, that is a big factor in covert incest relationships. Also mental illness is another one which is exactly the same thing. If one parent has mental illness and the other parent does not, if the mental illness that one of the parents has causes a divide in the relationship, the other parent can seek to bond themselves with the child. And also sometimes it's actually the parent who is struggling with mental illness who bonds themselves with the child so the dynamics can kind of be either way it can be the parent who is addicted to a substance who is enmeshed with the child it can be the parent that's left out who is enmeshed with the child and to the point where it becomes covertly incestuous but both dynamics are common and also single parent households are at high risk because especially if they don't have support system Ideally, in a healthy dynamic, there would be two parents who are able to rely on each other for emotional support and then they can nurture their child. However, there are so many circumstances and so many reasons why this happens, but sometimes parents are left to raise their children on their own in single parent households. Now, if they have community, family, a village, friends that are supportive and help them, then they can have other adults to rely on for emotional support and it doesn't put their child at the highest risk. However, if they don't have any other support, it does put their child at a higher risk of covert incest unless the parent has ways to manage their emotions that don't include relying on the child for emotional support. 
So I'm just going to take you through four different types of emotionally incestuous, also known as covertly incestuous parents. And these examples are examples that I actually got and learnt from by reading the Emotional Incest Syndrome book by Dr. Patricia Love. And I will recommend this book and another book at the end, so stay tuned for that. But let's get straight into it. So the first type of parent that enmeshes themselves in a covert incest way with their child is a romanticizing parent. This is the parent that fits the generic term of um, emotional incest where they treat their child like a surrogate spouse, rely on them for emotional support. This comes with a lot of adoration. It can also come with some sort of flirty behaviours which between a parent and a child, of course it's inappropriate but as the child is little it might start off as things of like oh you know my princess my darling but as they grow up it can become to the point of treating their child like daddy's boy or daddy's girl or mommy's boy and babied kind of so that the child grows up with unrealistic expectations on life that will never be met or fulfilled because mommy or daddy is this doting individual that does everything for their child and doesn't give them room to figure out things on themselves and they just see them as this little prize or trophy so that's the romanticizing parent then there is the critical or abusive parent And this type of covertly incestuous parent is the bully. So they can keep you close to tear you apart, criticising everything that you do, tearing you down. They can make you feel like you're not good enough. And this type of parent also reinforces the betrayal bond a lot. So they will make you feel bad for doing things that aren't like them or for disagreeing with them. And it can also get physical. So it can come with physical abuse, especially if the child is growing up in a domestic violent household. So if the parent who is enmeshing themselves with their child is actually also abusive to the other parent physically, then it puts that child at risk of being physically abused also because they are seeing their child as if they are in a relationship although they their sexual acts are not there they're still treating them like it's their partner and so the same way that they would react if their partner who is an adult disagrees with them and it would could be physical abuse they could do the same thing to their child so this is something to also watch out for thirdly is the neglectful parent now this type of parent you will see this show up mainly in cases of substance abuse for example where the parent has an addiction and so they're not around to be present or if they are around they're not present because maybe they're high or they're drunk and so they're distant and they leave the child to kind of fend for themselves, take care of themselves or if there are other siblings then the child may fall into a parentified role and I have an episode about parentification so you can check that out if you don't know about it or you want to know more but basically in this dynamic Although the parent seems like they're neglectful and they just leave the child alone, when they are present and they are around, they rely on the child so much. So for example, if there are younger siblings and that child takes care of them, or if the parent is addicted to a substance and the child maybe puts them in bed, tucks them in, you know, makes up excuses for them, then when they are sober, they'll tell the child that they're all they've got, you know, they rely on them so much, they need them. 
and it's thanking them for basically coming and fixing and saving their life but not in a way that they want to actually change their actions or seek help it's that they know the child is in that position to or feel like the child is in that position to basically cover up for them and take care of all of their needs. They also could tell them inappropriate things in terms of things that they've gotten up to whilst they're, you know, out experiencing these substances, um, relationships. This doesn't always have to be substance abuse. So this could be, say, a parent who is a serial relationship dating person um always in and out of a new relationship with a new person and aren't really taking the time to make sure that their child has a safe environment and then always coming to the child and telling them about the next boyfriend or girlfriend that they've had the person they've been seeing the drama that they've been getting themselves into and no care or consideration for the child's feeling and how it affects the child knowing that their parent would rather prioritise strangers who could be treating them bad, for example, over them and no boundaries on what they do or don't tell their children. And then number four is the sexualizing parent. And the sexualizing parent mimics grooming behaviors. So they can spoil their child, flaunt their child as if it is their girlfriend or their boyfriend. They dote on them in ways where they're always focusing on their physical appearance and their body. They may cuddle them and kiss them and you know hug them to sleep nap with them even past the ages of them being a baby and a toddler like the child could be growing up they could be a teenager and they're still going to take like naps with them or they go and sleep with them in their bedroom the the way that they touch them could be the way that you would touch a partner whether it's stroking their face or holding their hands in inappropriate ways this type of parent gives their child little to no personal space and so you will find this parent they may for example if it is a father who is having this sexualizing relationship with his child you could find things such as him being in the shower or in the toilet and calling the child in there while he's exposed to speak about something maybe trivial maybe you know not important just to make them see their body parts and things like that and then the same way if their child is in the shower or something going in even if the child asks them not to and speaking to them looking at their body parts for a child in this dynamic you could find that your parent maybe looks at your cleavage a bit or maybe comments and like oh you're gonna have a big penis and things if you're there some like just in absolutely inappropriate conversation and these things might be uncomfortable to admit out loud that you felt these feelings with your parent um that your parent has made you feel this way and did these things and so there's no you do not have to go and just tell somebody just because you've started to understand these things you don't have to tell people straight away that these are the things that happened process this information by yourself first or in the safety of a therapist's office um especially well all of them are they have their effects but especially if it's the sexualizing aspect because that is so close to the physical sense and some of the acts may be actually extremely incestuous in ways that could be seen as over but because there is no physical touch you may feel uncomfortable to actually admit the things were going on so please just be kind with yourself and unpack this in your own timing and 
speak to a therapist, a counsellor, a mentor that you can trust and that you know that things will be safe with if you realise and recognise that these are things that you've been through because it is a lot. So as I said earlier, I will tell you some of the effects of covert incest and there are so many little pockets of effects that can show up and I think the more people understand it, the more people speak about it, the more we'll understand what other effects there are because it is very common. However, a lot of people don't understand it and know that there's a name for it or there's words to describe what's happening and that it's a pattern and a form of abuse. And I think once more people speak about it and more people get to know it, then they'll be able to actually identify all the different effects. But so far, these are the common effects. So having self-image issues is a big effect because of the way that the parent would have made you feel whether they've doted on you then pulled their energy back hyper focused on things about you a critical parent for example it gives you these self-image issues where you grow up in the world constantly picking yourself apart or even if you then feel that you're so special and so perfect because you were daddy's little girl then again you can have these self-image issues where you're seeing yourself in ways that aren't actually true to you um perfectionism is also another thing so perfectionism and procrastination go hand in hand because when you seek to be so perfect you will procrastinate from doing the things that you need to do because you will not want to do anything unless it's so perfect right and perfectionism is one of the things that comes from having a covertly incestuous parent because they are going to want you to be the perfect image of what they want if they can't find that fulfillment in their adult relationships they're going to seek to find it in you and their way to find it in their child is by molding their child into being exactly who and what they want their child to be this can give a child an unhealthy desire and need to be the best in everything so it can make the child be very competitive very uncomfortable if they don't win something to the point where they can't accept it and this is obviously an issue in life because you don't win everything there are things that you are going to fail and if you are raised in a healthy dynamic you would understand that failing is not the worst thing in the world because you can fail forward you can learn from your failures to you know learn lessons and apply them next time but people can be crippled by losing things because they have this thing in their head where they have to be perfect because of how they would have been looked at by their parent and if their parent is still in their life then it can also be heightened. Chronic anxiety is another huge issue and social awkwardness. When a parent enmeshes themselves in a covertly incestuous relationship with their child, they are bonding themselves with their child to the point that the child may not know where they start and their parent begins. And so this can make it very awkward for them when they're going into situations that they're not with their parent and go into their parents' needs because they're left to actually be themselves. And when you are in that dynamic growing up, you don't actually get to know who you are because who you feel like you are and who you're supposed to be for this parent they are conflicting so you're likely to struggle with anxiety in situations that should feel natural to you because every time maybe something felt natural to you and you tried to do it as a child you were either chastised you know punished or talked out of it in manipulative ways and so one of the ways that actually covertly incestuous parents talk to their children 
in ways to get them to do things is not always so direct so in some situations if there's a critical or abusive parent they can tell them like don't do that that's you know we don't do that that's not good like you're gonna put shame on the family and things direct like that but in some cases they can make it feel like it's their choice and so instead of saying for example don't go out and date someone. It's like you would never go out and date someone without asking for my approval, would you? They put the question and they they say it as if they trust that you already wouldn't do something that would betray them. And they embed these little things in your head where it makes you feel like, oh, well, of course I wouldn't because a good person wouldn't do that. A nice person, a good daughter, a good son wouldn't do those things. And this leads to another effect, which is fear of rejection and fear of separation from the parent so that well they're two separate things so fear of separation from the parent can be seen as being afraid that if they go and live their own life how it's going to affect the parent that the parent is going to disown them or hate them or in some cases they can feel like their parent is going to be violent to them um kill them there the effects of this can be so psychologically damning that it can manifest in feeling like their parent is going to physically assault them or abuse them and in a lot of cases parents would have said things like I have eyes everywhere I'm everywhere I see everything we have a bond we have a telepathy where you can't get away with things without me knowing and so these things can manifest into truly fearing in a crippling way that the parent will do something if you separate your from them so there's that but then there's also the fear of rejection that plays out into many other relationships where you find that the children of parents that are covertly incestuous can fall into patterns of people pleasing behaviors because they fear people rejecting them they may get into situations with people where they feel like a doormat and they prefer to be in that situation than standing up for themselves just in case people don't like them. These are also the types of people who may hang around with friends who may be getting in trouble or doing things that they shouldn't be doing but they would fear being rejected and not having any friends so they just go along and they end up in situations that are awful for their life and you know hinder their growth in so many ways and make mistakes that some mistakes are... Um, indelible you can't really you know take them back and this is because of this desire to fit in that comes from a fear of rejection another effect is lack of boundaries now lack of boundaries is an effect of so many different parent child unhealthy dynamics but extreme cases of lack of boundaries come from having covertly incestuous parents because they cross every intimacy boundary that you're supposed to have between a parent and a child in childhood apart from the physical sexual acts but as I said the effects mimic those of over incest and so they're literally one step away from completely taking every single one of your boundaries away from you and so you can grow up with a lack of boundaries that you have to then figure out yourself learn what your boundaries are how to honor them how to enforce them and it can be very hard to uphold this and so it puts you at risk of being preyed on by people who 
seek vulnerable people, um, predators, for example. And this can actually put people at risk of more abuse. So covert incest victims are actually at a high risk of being victims of overt sexual abuse by other adults or say older children or just other people who command and demand in the way that their parent does because they've been forced so long to be to not think for themselves from childhood. This puts them in dynamics where they may be fearful of others like fearful of rejection fearful of standing up for themselves extremely anxious and so predators can see this and see them as the perfect victim and you will find a lot of people who have experienced covert incest actually have also experienced say molestation or sexual abuse as a child by other people as a result of this dynamic because they were scared to actually speak up and they were taught to already go against their own intuition go against their own first thought and to keep secrets. Now this can follow into romance and I have an episode on how enmeshment affects romantic relationships but again I'll just touch on some of the topics here, some of the effects here sorry, that are carried from covertly incestuous parent-child dynamics into romantic relationships in adulthood. So commitment issues is a huge one. Struggling to commit because one, they have seen that issue with committing with their parents and seeing that the relationship with the parent and themselves was already a bit strange for how it should have been between their parents but also because they've been taught that they're not supposed to basically trust themselves and their own intuition it can be hard for them to commit in a relationship because they don't actually know what they want because in order to know what you want you need to have an idea of who you are and when you grow up in a covert incest dynamic you aren't shown or given the space to figure out and how to figure out who you are. So unless you figure out who you are first and what you actually want, you will struggle to commit situations because it will be easy for always to always jump for the next thing. Adult children of covertly incestuous parents also seek unrequited love and this is something I can relate to completely. Seeking people who also make you feel like you're chasing them the same way that your parent made you feel like you were chasing them to keep up with their approval and so you can get into relationships with people who constantly they mimic your parent but in ways that you may not notice at first but just the behaviours of whether it's criticising you, putting you down, making you feel like you need them because without them you're nothing, not really getting affection and genuine intimacy, maybe they dote on you in ways that are superficial like having one of those romanticising parents for example that flaunts you like their little princess, this trophy wife but then behind closed doors they're cold, they're not really intimate or maybe they are intimate, you know, they rub you hug you and touch you and things like that but they're lying to you they're cheating on you and they just buy you things to make up for it all of these different kinds of behaviors that we see in so many relationships today are ways that people seek unrequited love it's not alignment it's not aligned with them and again in order to align with your true self you have to identify as your true self if you've been taught not to identify with your true self then you're going to struggle to do that Not being able to defend your partner to your parent is another huge part of how covert incest affects romantic relationships and I have a whole episode on how 
enmeshment affects romantic relationships and that really fits into the same thing with covert incest the relationship between your parent is the priority although you are an adult growing up living your life and creating your own family dynamic how your parent views you will come first because you're still underneath their control and so you can struggle to stand up for yourself your relationship your partner when you are in that covert incest dynamic with your parent and also they will enable they can actually enable certain behaviors and so if you are growing up and you say have learned unhealthy habits and aren't very nice to your partner whether you're abusive to your partner and things like that the parent may be enabling but that is also abusive because they are basically putting you in these positions to continue to absolutely ruin yourself and your chances at living a healthy life a healthy parent would advise you to seek support, maybe help you seek support so that you can actually turn your life around and become a better person. But if a parent is enabling the behaviour and actually cheering you on so that they can get all of your partners out of the way and it can be just you and mum or you and dad, then that's actually very unhealthy. It's a common issue that's plaguing this earth right now. So please be mindful of parents like that. And the last effect I would say in this episode would be sexual struggles. So you can find people that grow up with a covertly incestuous parent can go either way. They can be extremely frigid and timid and, you know, struggle to find intimacy sexually with any partners. And then they can go the other way where they are overly sexual in a way that's dangerous. So for example, maybe letting strangers and, you know, people that they don't know into their home or going into their home for sexual acts, um, just in ways that are dangerous to their health, maybe not practicing safe sex and things like that, because they just feel like they're supposed to be used and toyed with by people because they think that's intimacy. And then the other side of things with someone so frigid and so timid can feel like, they're afraid of intimacy or they feel uncomfortable being able to actually own their sexual desires because maybe they were taught not to. There are situations where people growing up in these dynamics, um, for example, if a child is growing up, say a little girl grows up and her dad and her have this covert incest dynamic and say mum then feels left out and starts being mean to the little girl and calling her all types of names and, you know, whore and different kind of things like that as she's growing up because she's feeling jealous of her daughter thinking that her daughter is taking her partner away from her rather than actually addressing that there's an unhealthy dynamic then that child can grow up and have these issues where they don't want to explore themselves you know sexually or even be in touch with their sensuality because they think that there's something wrong with it and so you find these dynamics as well sometimes in certain types of I don't want to say religious completely because in holy books and things like that it doesn't actually say this but more so culture and attaching itself to religion where people are chastised for having you know desires and different kind of things especially you see this a lot in women and girls who have this whole purity culture and I'm all for celibacy like anyone who hears me I think I've spoken about an in in um, podcasts before I'm all for that but it's this culture of like you will become this if you do this and then on the flip side of it 
no boundaries and nothing to be able to measure like okay I don't have to give myself away to all of these people to be worthy and so these are some of the sexual issues that come with it and again this can come from the dynamics such as the sexualizing parent where they've been inappropriate around their child and made the child feel uncomfortable with their sexuality and so this is just an introduction to covert incest I hope I've given you enough information on kind of like what it is the different types of parents and some of the effects there is so much more to speak about on this topic so I'm going to be speaking about this more and I'm going to do actually an episode completely doted to how to recover some steps and some tips on how to recover from covert incest and I'm going to break these up in ways that it's not an overload of information all in one however if you did feel like this was heavy and there was so much of it I hope that you paced yourself through it and I hope that you take some time after to actually digest all of this information find out where it resonates in your life and how the how it's affecting your life still I would recommend two books to read and I will start by saying Silently Seduced by Kenneth Adams that is the first book that I read about this which opened my eyes and helped me start this journey Kenneth Adams as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode is the person who originated the term covert incest but his works are amazing. I think I've mentioned one of his other books in another episode, um, which is about mother-son enmeshment, but Silently Seduced is for those who have experienced covert incest. So I think everyone should read it, whether you've experienced it or not, just to know the kind of people you're coming in contact with. I think it's important for us to learn as many of these terms and these different kind of ways that people could be raised so that when we are faced with people, whether it's friends, co-workers or romantic partners who are showing up with certain issues rather than just pointing at them and tearing them down and saying, you're an awful person, you're not mature, you don't know anything, having an understanding of kind of where it comes from, still with boundaries still you do not have to accept any kind of behavior but maybe you could be a guide and say to someone that's not normal behavior and you actually can go and see someone about this or here's this book to read maybe it will help you so yeah definitely get into silently seduced by kenneth adams that book please take your time with it because it it's it's deep and then another book that is also deep and also equally as important to read on this journey is the emotional incest syndrome what to do when a parent's love rules your life by dr patricia love and that book again it breaks things down so well it has some um, little tasks for you to do where you can kind of like tick the boxes and see you know if you had like an invasive parent and different things like that and it also goes into the dynamics of siblings and like the chosen parent the chosen child sorry and like the distant parent it just breaks things down a lot and it also speaks on recovery as well so that's another book that I would recommend those two books if you read those two books as well as reflecting on your personal experience if you've been through this you're putting yourself in such a great position compared to those who know nothing about it where you actually are closer to healing than not and so I would just say give yourself a chance you don't have to be prisoner forever I know so many people feel like until their parent has passed on or unless someone comes and saves them and they move across the world, they're never going to be away from these habits and behaviours and things that have lingered from 
being raised in that dynamic. I know so many people feel shame to speak about it and open their mouth. I have felt all of these feelings that I'm saying, I've felt them too. And now I understand the power of actually speaking up about it because it can help so many people. That's where I am. But don't feel pressured to speak up about it for everyone. Just be able to understand it first for yourself so that you can have some peace in your life and also so that you can show up better for whether you have children or romantic partners, friends, siblings, etc. And I will leave on the note of saying do not feel pressured to have relationships with people who you have to heal from. I know that it's very hard and I know that in this journey you could be faced with having to go no contact or create distance with people and for those on the outside looking in everyone won't get it. I've had so many people come to me to be clients who are in dynamics where from the outside looking in people think their situation is perfect and when they try to place boundaries between themselves and a parent people question them, make them you know feel guilty, tell them they can't do that or say oh it's your parent you're not going to get another parent but the same way that you you will not get another mom or dad your parent would not get another you and so yes we can understand that our parents wounds may not have started with them but they have to end somewhere and if that means you have to put up some boundaries that creates distance or it's in a way that other people outside of you do not understand please remember that your youth your experience is unique and the only person who can decide what is best for you to do is you And so with that being said, I'm going to leave it there. I hope this episode was helpful. Please share it around with anyone who you feel like needs to know about this because it is a very important topic. And I thank you all for being here with me. I pray that you all have ease for the rest of the week because I know this is a heavy topic and I'm sending you all my love and I'll be back next week with another episode. Until next time. Thank you for joining me for an episode of My Sacred Return, the podcast. I hope this space made you feel comfortable and that you'll return next week. If you feel called to, please subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend. You can keep up with me on Instagram at My Sacred Return and the rest of my social media links will be in the description box. See you next time, Sacred Souls.